So, interestingly enough, I didn't realize I'd been craving this thing all throughout my pregnancy. But, um, I mean, like, one thing I really miss in general is not that I miss alcohol per se, but I miss a tasty beverage. And there's a lot of tasty beverages that I can't even have. Like, I can't have soda or iced tea, or I can, but if I have coffee that day, like, I can't have a large amount. So the thing that I've really been craving is lemonade, and I have, like, mm. a wild ride to take you on. Oh, my so, God. When I've had four lemonades in the past two days and um all different kinds of lemonades. Yeah. Wow. And I have I have like a poor like serve like restaurant service story that I feel like you'll really appreciate. So Thursday, my mom came down, as you know, but if you're our listeners, um, it was both of our like two weeks post vaccine. I also want to hear about your symptoms because it sounds like you had a wild ride. But so we went out to lunch and it was my mom and my husband and we went to this uh, local place. I won't name it. I don't want to bash them in my town that I have heard straight raves about. It's really cute. Very nice. I, I had really high expectations. And it was like a Thursday afternoon. So by no means did I think it would be nuts. But it was a nice day. And it was pretty crazy. We had to wait for 20 minutes. Fine. Not a big deal. We sit down. And from the moment we sat down, it was just like shitty service. And I felt bad because they were clearly like very, very slammed. Yeah. But I mean, like they didn't wipe down our table again, like whatever. It's all all fine. But my mom and I had gone to the mall prior to this. We walked past an Annie Ann's. And from that moment on, I was deeply, deeply, deeply craving lemonade. And I I was like, no, no. Sorry, I just want to say, yeah, you yeah. Know, some of our listeners might not even know what an Annie Ann's is. Is it like a regional chain or is it nationwide? I assumed nationwide. That would be news to me. Well, some things are regional. I'm I'm gonna Google it just because I'm fascinated. You can continue with your story, but if anyone doesn't know, Annie Ann's is like the mall pretzel chain. Because okay, there's another chain called Wetzel's Pretzels or something, which we don't have. But I no. heard people talk about oh Wetzel's Pretzels. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. So maybe Annie Ann's is not nation I, it's, I i don't know why i'm so fascinated by by this like you know the fast food ch- franchises that we don't that we i'm don't the have, same like- i'm the same way there's something in utah called so delicious oh. that's like yeah i i have a i i too am very very fascinated by regional chains like when i went on my midwest road trip there's a chain out in the midwest called casey's general store and as I was driving, I saw a sign for it. And I was like, oh, cute. I love a general store. I pull in and it's literally a gas station. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Well, okay. So they're in Los Angeles. I'm looking at the map. I'm, I'm a Franians. I'm crazy. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm fascinated. Like, okay, like I, I went to Whataburger in Texas. So, like, I've been to that one. I regret not trying, like, crystals when I was in New Orleans or, like, what's that called like raising cane or something i know in the south I, i've never had in and out like i know courtney and christy our friends are um 
in California right now and they had in and out. And so I just am really interested in trying that. But yeah, Annie Ann's, I don't know. I'm researching. I will report back if they're nationwide, but you passed them in the mall and they have delicious lemonade and pretzels. And so I was craving lemonade, but I thought to myself, I'm going to wait for lunch. We sit down at the table. It's not wiped off, whatever. It's fine. I ask if they have lemonade. They say, yes, we do. I order one. My mom orders one. Matt orders water. A solid 20, 30 minutes go by and we do not have our beverages. Oh my God. I would die. Like, to be honest, I know like I take a break like halfway through our recording. I'm going to have to take a two minute break in like a minute because ever since you just like started talking about a beverage, I have my coffee here. I need to go grab one of those pineapple spindrifts. Like I need a <laughs> like a drink with a flavor right now. But anyway. fair, fair enough. Well, and I'm pregnant and it's hot and I'm tired and I'm just like, if they don't bring me a beverage and I had, we had to be those people that like had to flag down random servers that weren't even ours and be like, can you check on our drinks? Yeah. They finally bring them to us. And my mom and I take a sip of our lemonades at the same time. And we look at each other with pure disgust and we're like, what is this? And I can be picky. I know that. And I give my lemonade to Matt and I'm like, does this taste weird to you? And he's like, what the fuck? Does it taste like vinegar? I can't describe what it tastes like. It first of all, the 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 texture, the the look of Ugh. it was cloudy. Yeah. And oh, what we suspect happened was like somebody didn't make it correctly. Either they there was no so like either it was pure lemon juice. Or we have no idea. We ask for sugar. They bring us sugar. We put in like 10 packets. It does not help. So finally, we're like, I'm sorry. These are really, really bad. Like, can can we just have water? Can you take these away? Like, they're really <laughs> – something went wrong. Like, this isn't us being picky. This is like – this is not a lemonade. No. Whatever. That sounds, that sounds awful. Like Yeah. When you really want something and then it's wrong. And then, I mean, like the whole experience, which is kind of a bummer because like our food took a really long time. It was missing stuff and whatever. And then like the bill comes and the two fucking lemonades are on it. And it was just like really. And, you know, Matt got them to like he asked them to take them off. He was like, we this was these were undrinkable. Anyway, all that to say, then uh, right after lunch, because I still hadn't gotten my my fix, I went. Uh-huh. There's a there's a Starbucks right next door. I go there. I get a lemonade. It's great. At one point this past weekend, we were, or I guess it was maybe for lunch. Matt got Chick Fil A, which we we've discussed in length. I feel bad about it, but ugh, sometimes it is delicious. I had Chick Fil A. I had Chick Fil A the other day. It's it's a tough it's a tough hill to swallow, but it is so tasty. Anyway, so I had Matt get me a lemonade from there. There, the Starbucks lemonade was pretty good. Pretty oh, good. Chick fil A lemonade, I will say I don't get it often, but it has that little nugget ice too. Like the ice is little, little nuggets, and that helps the experience. Why did you, did you not have a good experience? It wasn't bad, but theirs is very pulpy. Yeah, see, I like it though. It's like they make it. Well, let me tell you, last night, Matt and I went out to a local Mexican restaurant called Luna y Sol in Morristown, New Jersey. And they had something called a homemade lemonada. And Ooh. it was the most delicious thing. I texted my mom a photo because I was like, oh, like still on my lemonade kick. And she pointed out that I've really been craving lemon throughout my entire pregnancy because a few months ago, I think I went on a frozen lemonade dessert kick, like where Ooh. I really wanted – what I really wanted was those Minute Maid lemonade things. But what I settled for was Rita's uh, – or not Rita's, uh, Luigi's 
oh. Luigi's uh, lemon water ice. So I just kind of random. Like I've never been a like a, a lemon aficionado in the past, but it's just a thing that's happened to me, I guess. I I'm a big lemon fan. Like I think I would I think I would pick like citrus over most flavors. Mm-hmm. Well, you know I love a juice, which is why this is weird, but there's man, there's something about it. Now I really want a lemonade. That sounds really good. You want to go get your beverage? Kind of. I'll be okay. right back. Okay. You hear that, guys? <laughs> I'm just cracking open a a pineapple spin drift, not sponsored, but open to it. This thing is so good. And like, okay, what a spin drift is sparkling water and real squeezed fruit. Yep, that's it. That's what it says on the label. Um, so literally all it is is like seltzer water with a splash of pineapple juice. Literally the ingredients, carbonated water, pineapple juice. Now, could I buy myself a two liter bottle of seltzer and then a thing of pineapple juice and make myself, you know, 30 spin drifts for the a fraction of the price. Yes. No, but I would rather buy it in this can together where they mix it for me. It's delicious. I haven't been. First of all, by the way, just want to quickly interject that to, to I don't think you'll care or notice. But to our listeners, I'm recording in. And I recorded not our previous episode, but the episode before that in this same room. It's like our new office and it's a bit echoey. So oh, just, I didn't notice. I thought you were going to say, let me just interject and introduce the podcast. <laughs> no, I'll get there in a second. I have one more beverage story to tell. First, I, have a lot more, a, I have a lot more to say. Okay. okay. Um, well, so the thing about Splendrif is I, I haven't been super into carbonated uh, water or seltzer, as they call it, <laughs> since I've been oh, pregnant. Who are you, former guest of the show, Jeff Hornberger? Oh my God, I know. Oh, that reminds me of something else I wanted to tell you. Okay, okay. So, but Splendor holds a really uh, special place in my heart. And this is honestly just a brag. But if you recall, roughly three years ago, um, a one Antony from esteemed show Queer Eye. Oh my God! Yeah, we had a beautiful interaction on our on my stories, and he, I had been drinking a Splendrift, and he was like, first of all, love your beverage choice," and I was like, "Oh my God! First of all, I love you." Oh my God. <sighs> okay. And then he helped. Then he helped. Okay, you need to just tell the people. Then didn't he send you a video message because you were making short ribs? It it was so beautiful. So this was like, I would say very, 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 very early Queer Eye. Like I, I watched it and loved it. I, 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 I'm not often ahead of the curve, but in this instance, I was. Like I watched it probably the first week it came out. Yeah. And I, I loved it. And it just so happened that weekend I was trying to make, yeah, like, like a, like a, braised short ribs like a Sunday gravy style kind yeah. of thing and I was having a really tough time with them and I storied something like Anthony I need your help and he sent me a fucking video message talking me through it and I could kick myself because this was when not Instagram was obviously been around for a while but you know they're always introducing new features and shit and so I 
it was like the video disappeared after I watched it. And had I known that was going to happen, I would have taken a video of the video. Yeah. But then like he was like, let me know how it turns out. And then I did. And then he responded. And then he like went back into my grid and like commented on a Patty Smith book that I had taken a picture of and was like, this is one of my favorites. And I was like, what is happening? It was so magical. Oh my God. Wow. I, that like I will say I feel like I'm 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 kind of feeling the blues today. I don't know why. Okay, I will tell you why. It could be partly because I drank some white claws last night, and like mm-hmm. you know, it just I feel like it just gets my like anxiety up a little bit. And it's like a gloomy day. It's Sunday. I was off on Thursday and Friday, so you know, like I feel like going back to work on a Monday is extra depressing if you had like if you were off for a, a few more days. Mm-hmm. So I'm just feeling a little emo and I feel like maybe Queer Eye would be like a great way to turn my day around and get in a good mood. I mean, also talking to you and recording the podcast will be fun too. But you know, I feel like that would instantly lift my spirits if I just went and watched Queer Eye after we wrap up. It sure would. Can I tell you one other anecdote? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I I think it might make you laugh. Okay, I'm going to say something and then I'll explain. Does this phrase mean anything to you? random horsey okay did someone call my brother that yeah (laughs) this popped into my head the other day and i totally forget why but when you said jeff hornberger this is what and i when it when it popped into my head i was like i need to tell ashley about this on the podcast because i think she would find it funny and then i forgot that I wanted to do that. But when he said Jeff, it reminded me of it because I guess they were playing some kind of video game together. It was World of Warcraft, let's be mm-hmm. honest. I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> And your brother said something like, oh, my name's Brandon Aborski. And like a random internet person they were playing with was like, did you just say random horsey? <laughs> I don't think I ever really knew the origins. I just knew that like they called him random horsey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It kind of sounds like Brandon Aborski. I don't know. But that, that's so funny. I'm going to later when I see Brandon, I'm going to go, hey, random horsey. And I'm going to see what he says. I can't wait. Oh my god. He he got his second um COVID shot on Friday. He got Moderna. I just I checked in with him yesterday and he was doing okay. Should I talk about my experience being my Please, yeah. Let's let's round out our uh our miscellaneous potpourri introduction. But yeah, because you got I'm all I'm completely vaccinated. You had your second shot this past week and you had some pretty severe symptoms. Okay, well, I don't want to say severe, like to scare anyone, because I would do it again in a heartbeat. And it was it it wasn't a big deal. It was just like, I will say I just had really bad fatigue. And it kind of made me realize I don't often experience actual fatigue. Right, right. Isn't that? Yes. No, I completely do. Like, I I completely do. Like the only way I can describe it is I guess whatever I, I identified before is fatigue. Like sometimes I'm sleepy. Sometimes I'm lazy. Sometimes I'm tired. But I'm not often fatigued because how it felt like I got my shot on Wednesday and then we went to Chick-fil-A and like I was eating my chicken sandwich and I literally was like, I'm going to throw up like in this car. But I don't know. I texted group chat and Amy was like, oh, it's too it would be too soon for that to be a side effect. But it was like really weird. I never like I don't know. I've never I don't get car sick. I don't know. It was just strange. It was like an hour and a half or so two hours after I got my shot I think um but anyway I was just I was very tired Wednesday night I wouldn't even say full-on fatigue just like very tired and Thursday 
I woke up and I was like, I had taken off work preemptively Thursday and Friday because I was like, you know, worst case, I'll have symptoms. Best case, I'll feel great and I can get shit done. It was kind of a combination of the two. Um, Thursday, I felt like pretty tired and like I definitely, my arm hurt a lot too, like Wednesday through Friday, but I felt pretty tired and like some muscle aches, but then it was like Thursday afternoon. I was on the couch and I just like started getting chills and I like bundled myself up. I put on the Sherpa jacket that I'm wearing right now and like I cocooned myself in blankets and I passed on the couch for two hours and then like I woke up in a sweat. So like I feel like I had a fever that that broke. Mm-hmm. But then like Thursday night, I was also very fatigued. So at that point, I told my boss, like, if I felt good, like maybe I would come in just like to not waste a vacation day. Like if I didn't have anything to do, but I texted her Thursday night and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not coming in tomorrow because I felt so I can only describe it like I felt like I was wearing like a weighted vest, like like if I was sitting on the couch or laying down, like I didn't feel terror. I wasn't in misery. You know what I mean? I was just like watching TV, chilling, but just getting up and moving like my body would hurt and I just it was so exhausting like I felt like there was something weighing me down that I just needed to be like sitting on the couch but it it wasn't it wasn't that bad like I wouldn't ever want anyone to be like oh that sounds terrible yeah. I don't want to get side effects like I I really don't think I had that bad of a fever but yeah just like extreme fatigue but I'm feeling better and energized now I I just find it interesting and yeah I think I felt fatigue too and for me it's like it's the combination of feeling tired but also your brain just feeling extremely foggy yes and that's that's the thing too like because i was texting my coworker um that i'm friendly with and she was just like oh man like yeah it's like busy today and i'm like yeah like honestly and this was thursday this was actually right before my like i think my fever hit it was like thursday afternoon and i was like honestly how i feel right now if i hadn't taken off of work i wouldn't have called out of work I felt okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but since I already had the day off, I'm, I wasn't going to go out of my way to go in. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, it wouldn't have made me be like, oh, I can't go to work today. I would have sucked it up. But I'm like, just like my brain, I couldn't, cause she was like describing it being busy. And I was like, yeah, I don't think my, br- I think I would have gotten really upset. Like, oops, that sounds dramatic, but I would have been very frustrated and stressed out by being busy. Cause I just don't think my brain could have like mm-hmm. worked as fast as I normally would. Right. And, you know, it, yeah, we don't want to scare anyone. I, I will say, Matt, my husband, if you don't know, I think everybody probably knows, he got his second dose on yesterday. <laughs> and he is fucking fine. Like, his arm is very sore, but he didn't have a fever. He doesn't seem fatigued. He was up at 8 a.m. this morning. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I just knew. And it's not that I'm annoyed he didn't get symptoms. It's that I'm jealous, obviously. I I just knew he is, like, I, I knew he there would be nothing wrong with him. Yeah, it seems that I, my parents went with me and they didn't have any symptoms at all. My dad worked a 12-hour day the next oh day like, on his feet. Yeah, my mom, like, which, I mean, she works from home, you know, now with the pandemic, but she worked all day and I was just on the couch. Like, I will say, like, it was so bad. Like, it was kind of like I had to, like, ask someone to bring me a glass of water. I mean, OK, I could have gotten up and gotten a fucking glass of water. But, like, it was one of those things where, like, I would have sat there for an hour before actually getting the motivation to get up and get the glass of water. So, like, mm-hmm. I had someone bring it to me. Brandon brought me a glass of water. Random horse, he brought but, you some water? I know. And wait, one note else he did for me that was so nice. Hmm. I mean, it's not that nice at all, but for him, it is just be, okay. be, be like, it can be a brat. I bring him stuff 
all the time. Like when I go out, like I, I bring him Dunkin' Donuts all the time. Like yesterday specifically, like I was in Flemington and I wanted to go to Starbucks, but I was like, Brandon will give me shit if I don't bring him a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So I don't want to wait in two drive-thrus. I'll, ju- I'll just get Dunkin' Donuts too. Like that's that's how nice I am. But he actually got me Chinese takeout. Like he picked it up. He was already going out himself to go to McDonald's, but I didn't want McDonald's. Like I really wanted like soup. I got like clear soup, you know, with just like the scallions and like fried onions and mushrooms in it. And then I got chicken with broccoli, which is like not my normal order. But I I was like, I just want plain rice and like chicken with broccoli. Like that sounds so good. But he actually picked it up for me. Like I ordered it, but it was it was very kind. So that was so like when I wasn't feeling good on the couch, like drinking like a giant tub of broth, like. It was really comforting. Yeah. Well, everyone, our show is called Idle Chatter. And if you didn't know why, this is why. Because we can spend 20 minutes on topics ranging from lemonade, beverages, to vaccine symptoms, to Anthony from Queer Eye, to... Random Hosey. Yeah, to nicknames that Ashley's brother had 10 years ago. But let's actually get into the topic at hand. We're a survivor podcast. I'm Laura. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my spin drift. I'm Ashley. (laughs) Welcome to Idle Chatter. So we typically recap uh, live episodes as they air in this extended hiatus. We've been watching some old seasons. And pretty soon I won't have to say that anymore. I know. Are we... Are we looking? Do we do we know like a premiere date yet? Or do we have any idea? Or are we thinking it's this fall? I I would have to assume this fall, and we have some updates on that. But I'm gonna save it for Survivor Scuttlebutt. Smart, which is a segment that comes after the episode recap. We're currently watching Survivor Kagayan season 28, which is available on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, we're only on episode five. You can still catch up. You can still jump in. Before we get into it, I wanted to share some quick housekeeping that I usually save to the end. Just wanted to plug real quick. If you have not, we would super appreciate if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating. I'm not even going to ask for a review. Just click the stars and it's done. We're also making a somewhat concerted effort to share a little bit more on Twitter and Instagram. So we're over there at Idle Chatter Pod and Idle Chatter Podcast. Uh, If you just start searching Idle Chatter, it'll come up. I was really proud of my tweet and like it hasn't gotten that much love. So if everyone can, if everyone, what? Have you checked recently? It got like five retweets. Well, one was yours, but. Well, I want want, like 20 retweets. Okay. I don't use Twitter. Listen, everyone, I have tweeted from our Idle Chatter account maybe like three times. Right, Laura, would you say? Like, I remember I like tweeted Davey one time and I think he replied. Yeah. Like, but I, I don't use, I feel like, I feel like a boomer, like trying to use the internet. Like, see, I don't want to generalize. I feel like my mom trying to use the internet. This, a, a specific boomer, if you will. I don't use Twitter and I made a tw- I made a tweet. I don't know what I tweeted. <laughs> I tweeted yesterday. I kind of like made a meme and I was like very proud of it. And I just want a thousand retweets. So if everyone could retweet me, that would make me feel very happy. It may be a bit ambitious, but. Okay, well, I'll take t- 15. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see what we can do. But yeah. Please check us out on Twitter and Instagram. 
your the the meme that you made is really good. Thank um, you. by the way, I made a I made a meme for our Instagram as well, and uh, we we usually run like run them by each other. Like I like I texted Ash and I was like, "Do you think this is funny?" And she was oh, like, yeah. "It was so funny." You texted me like pretty early and you said good morning, and like I just feel like when I say good morning, like right away. It's usually like my boss or I telling each other something we don't like me being like, good morning. This thing at work is broken or like, I don't know. I just like, I, I was like, oh no, like, is she going to like drop a bomb on me? And you were just like, do you think this is funny? I laughed. Well, you know, freaking Matt scrolling through his Instagram last night and he gets to my meme and he's like, what's this? And I'm like, if I have to, ex- what, what do you mean? What is it? I made this meme. It's funny. It's and and, and he was like, I don't get it. So, you know, keeps me humble, keeps me humble. But yeah, let's let's show them all who's boss. Anyway, let's. Oh, you know what? I have um one other really fun housekeeping item that may be a surprise to you, Ashley. I don't know. But we recently hit a fun little milestone where we've had over 5,000 listens of the podcast. Oh my God. Wait, and when we get 10,000, we're going to do something special. Yeah. When we get, we've said this from the beginning. <laughs> when we get 10,000 listens, we're going to share Ashley's dad's recipe for penne vo- r- vodka rigatoni. I thought we also were going to like take ourselves out to a nice dinner. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's for us, though. Yeah. Like, no one- <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we will do that for us. But for you, you guys, we are going to be sharing a recipe for the most amazing vodka sauce you've ever had it's honestly one of my go-to recipes if i'm having people over for dinner i will make it it's it's so good and i can't just i can't describe why it's so good but it is anytime i go out to a restaurant i've gotten it out a couple of times and it's just never as good and then it just i i'm always hesitant to get it because i'm like i know it's just gonna make me want Jim's recipe. You know what? That sounds like a really delicious thing to eat for dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. It maybe, does. Maybe I'll make it. Mm. So I, you know, I, it's like almost 1 p.m. here and I haven't eaten anything yet today. And I also didn't eat dinner last night. Like I had a couple bites of something, but I did not eat a meal. So I feel like that's why I'm just like food fixated right now. But it's okay. I can make it through. It'll The food will taste better after I've been waiting for it for so long. Luckily and and kind of oddly, there's not really a, there's not really any food related things in this episode. Yeah, they talk about some spices. Mm-hmm, yeah, but, salt mm-hmm. and olive oil. I, I do like salt. All right. Well, this episode, the 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 foodless episode, it's episode five of season twenty eight, Kagayan. Uh, brains versus beauty versus brawn. This episode title, We Found Our Zombies. I saw this and was like, what the f- <laughs> what? Like, what is this? Where how are we gonna get there? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't come back until the very end. But here's the Netflix summary, which I realized I've been forgetting to give, but I always think it's kind of fun. All right. In the wake of tribal council, a heated confrontation pushes one player to the edge. Meanwhile, the reward challenge winners raid the other tribe's camp. Now, last time we saw a tribe swap and our first true blindside where Cliff went home. I did not remember like this event that we get into right off the bat happening at all. Like this was a pretty big moment. Me either. I real I really didn't and wow. 
I was like really caught off guard. I knew what became of it. Like I knew that part I remembered, but this confrontation, I, uh, it was like, it was, it's too early for me to watch. This is like a lot of negativity in my life right now that I just don't need. Well, let me, let me tell you what happened. So it's night 14. We come back from tribal. There's ominous music, but it's more ominous than their typical ominous music, if that makes sense at all. And so we know somebody's about to go off and Trish starts right off the bat and uh, she she's like, I just want to clear the air. And, and Lindsay's like, L- get real, Trish. You guys screwed up majorly. And Trish says something like, well, Lindsay, who's your alliance? And Lindsay's like, I don't have any alliances anymore. And Trish is like, that's right. You don't. And Trish tells her, you know, I'm going to respect you because you're part of my tribe. And that's that's what a team does. And then this Which is where, is, but I don't like you. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay does kind of go off. She's like, "Shut up! You're disgusting. Your your laugh is disgusting. Your teeth are disgusting. You're annoying. You're terrible. I'll never be on your team." And then Trish goes, "Ask me if I care." It was really mean. Oh, like, okay. Trish was being annoying and like she was being kind of rude. But I, I don't know. I think it's really rude to like make comments on someone's appearance like i i don't know it was just, it made me feel uncomfortable it was just like very bad vibes i don't know if it's like i'm in a mood like as i mentioned earlier like i don't know if like my anxiety is heightened today or something but like i was like affected by it. i just like it made me feel really icky it, it was a lot of ick and i think what's what's interesting to remember is that a lot of this ick stems from like the div- the division that tony kind of single-handedly wedged and i mean i don't i think that like trish and Lindsay, they didn't vibe right off the bat for whatever reason so that's that's one thing but it yeah it got it got pretty volatile and eventually tony stepped in and was like all right that's enough we're done and they kind of go their separate ways yeah Lindsay goes off and then we we see the tribe kind of like oh it's dark it's like nighttime like where is she like you know concerned God, I I mean, I guess there's cameras around you, so there's like a, a person near you, but I would be like scared to go off on my own. But Same. Well, she's not alone for long. Yeah. <laughs> Who comes strolling up on the beach? And this is where I truly did not remember this. So all of a sudden, it's like, what the fuck? Jeff is here? I didn't remember this. I feel like we very, very, very rarely see Jeff at night. Yeah. <laughs> except for tribal but we very see very rarely see him with the night camera like blue lens view and jeff says i gotta call you wanted to talk and all right i have like a really weird comment Mm. but like as jeff was was seated up next to Lindsay, i was like this this feels a little romantic like very very i keep saying very very rarely uh I I never feel super attracted to Jeff, but something about this night lens, like Ooh. I I didn't hate it. I was like, oh yeah, this looks nice. Uh, so so they they chat and Lindsay says that you know Trish said terrible stuff to to me, and I I just can't handle somebody antagonizing me, and I'm gonna flip out on her, and you know I don't want my daughter to see her mother act like that to me it's not worth a million dollars and i probably need a million dollars more than anyone here but i don't know what else to do i will say okay i don't doubt that that's partially true like she is recognizing like 
I am going to go off. I can't. But, you know, at the same time, she's being a big baby. Mm -hmm. It's like literally like, oh, your alliance, you know, got voted out. And instead of adapting and playing the game, you're kind of just throwing a hissy fit. And then also too, like, oh, Trish is like, I'm sorry, it takes two to tango. Like she was an active participant in that fight. If not. Oh, yeah. If not really. Um, you know, she she said she said worse worse stuff. So I don't know. I didn't like the little Miss Innocent act to Jeff, but it's and it's kind of part of the game. Like you're gonna disagree with people, you're you're gonna struggle. And yeah, if she if her blood was boiling to the point that she thought she was gonna like punch Trish in the face, I guess yeah, good on her. But the the thing is, and this will be a little bit of a spoiler alert, is like their tribe ends up winning the next immunity challenge and then next week we got the merge so like she truly only needed to hang in there a couple more days to have a real shot at like yeah. it, it's but whatever anyway she's made her mind up and mm -hmm. jeff says you know this is a first no one has ever quit because they're afraid of what they do and i'm like all right well, i mean like that's it's kind of a stretch to say it's like a first but. it's so funny when i was at christie's um and her boyfriend told me he had watched kagayan he was like oh yeah and that girl like the first one to quit and i was like what i was like no i was like no people have quit before so just like i think maybe he wasn't if you're not paying close attention uh, attention and maybe you're like a new viewer you're like you might mishear that to like the first person to quit the game yeah, and you you know you know why he said it because he wanted that fucking soundbite for like the preview that they probably aired leading up to this, where it was like, "This is a this is a first. No one has ever done this before." Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like, all right, Jeff, relax. So then he says, "Oh, he asks her what her lowest moment was, and she's like, my lowest moment's gonna be when I walk off this beach.'" And he asks how she wants to tell the tribe, and she kind of contemplates being the bigger person and going and letting them know, but she says that she thinks it's best. For for everybody if she just irish exits makes the <laughs> makes the just leaves <laughs> that's so funny um all right so jeff goes up to the tribe and lets them know and we get some choice freaking quotes here tony says it's just like we expected we pulled the head and the body follows the best one by far goes to LJ, who said that was a huge volatile zit ready to pop. <laughs> Ugh, disgusting. Oh, yeah. Tony also said two for the price of one. I yeah, think. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Cliff and then Lindsay. Oh, uh, they're, man. They're all really happy. Uh, I mean, like, Wu is happy, too, but he also recognizes, like, he was kind of aligned with them, so he's in a tough position and he could go next. Real quick, there was a deleted scene from this episode that – uh, that got posted on um, Entertainment Weekly. And I, I'm going to mention this here because I think it's so funny. But apparently the deleted scene showed Tony putting the remains of Lindsay's clothes that were left at the camp on the chicken's nest. Oh <laughs> and he says to try to have something good from a quitter. I just like, Oh my God. That's savage that they, that they used her, her clothing for the chicken coop. Oh my God. Wow. That's funny. It's, this was like the most action we've seen prior to a challenge in quite yeah. a while. This episode's like action packed. You were like, this morning, you're like, this is a good one. And I was like, damn, it really is. Oh, because like last week was pretty good because we had the swap and next week we have the merge. So I didn't have high expectations for this to like pack a punch, but it sure did. Yeah. 
All right, this challenge that we're about to get into, this is for reward, and it's pretty simple. The name of it is called Idle Hands, which might give you a little idea of what it's going to be. And you you walk into the beach and you see <laughs> uh, this little like bamboo cage, if you will. And on opposite sides, there's two little men that look like idols. Another fun little trivia fact, and just, you know, full disclosure, I get all of these from the Survivor fandom wiki page. These statues are called the, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, they're called the Bolol, so B-U-L-U-L. And they are carved statues used by local farmers in Cagayan to guard their rice crops from pests. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, they, they supposedly have a charm for a plentiful harvest. So just a little, a little factoid for you, but this is a pretty simple challenge. What happens is each person, it's going to be a one V one situation and each competitor will have a little like handheld pedestal that they put this little idol on. And then their goal is to knock the other person's idol off of the pedestal. Um, you know what? This reminded me of a lot of challenges we've seen, and I feel like this kind of thing usually happens in the water. Yeah. But it's fine. Fine to be on land. Uh, and um, the the prize is really interesting. Usually a reward is like an item or food, but the reward here is that the winning team is going to get to raid the other tribe's camp and take it and take something from them very pearl islands if you ask me oh yeah like a pirate like a pirate um well and before we even get into the challenge though it's so funny when um oh i can't remember which okay apari is the one with seven now right Solana. Okay, Solana went to. Oh, this. Yeah, this is important. It's so funny when they see that both Cliff and Lindsay are gone. Sarah has like just like a shit eating grin because you, as we know, Tony planted that seed with her that Cliff and Lindsay were out to get her. So she is thrilled to see both of them gone. Um, And I think Alexis too just seems very surprised. And I think she says she's happy to see you know the beauty tribe survive because they were just you know the minority. Um, over there and they both made it through LJ and Deborah. Spencer also had some little comments he said he doesn't like that somebody quit but he's happy that two people are gone and he didn't even have to lift a finger yeah well let's get it let's get into this because it's pretty straightforward our first matchup is going to be Spencer versus Wu and I'm like Wu is literally like trained for this there's no question he's going to win however spencer has these long ass arms and wouldn't you know he knocked off Wu's idol yeah that, that was i did not see that one coming nope next up we got trish versus tasha uh you know th- there's a, there's a lot of strategies here it's kind of like do you hang back or do you attack and uh uh Tasha attacks, but she ends up dropping her guy. So now, now they're tied one to one. Next up, we got Sarah versus Jeffra. Jeffra drops pretty quickly, and it's a pari two, Solana one. <laughs> Next up, we got <laughs> Jeremiah versus LJ. And I mean, this basically just ri- reminds me of when my cat fights with himself in the mirror <laughs> because it's they're the same person. Um, Jeff describes this matchup as a showdown of bearded mountain men. And it's like, 
Oh, are there mountains in Massachusetts? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he lives in Montana now. But I, I, I don't look at them and think of them as a, as mountain men. That's no. not the vibe, and their beards no. are not not long enough. It's yeah, it's just like a real statement. Uh, the the only the notable thing from this matchup was. LJ kind of knocks off Jeremiah's idol, but Jeremiah is the first person to like try and save his little guy. He's trying to regain balance, but he does not. He drops it and we're tied again, two to two. We got our next matchup and this is our first, um, what Jeff describes as a mixed and a mismatch because it's going to be Morgan versus Tony. It's the only male versus female we have. And uh, Tony kind of charges her and she drops pretty closely out of the gate yeah so we're solana three apari two and our final matchup is going to be a rematch and we got spencer versus Wu again but you know Wu comes into this and and the, the thing to keep in mind here is he's feeling pretty vulnerable remember because cliff and Lindsay are now gone and you know he has a pretty good thing going with everybody else but he he still knows that he might be on the outs and uh, he he just comes into this this match looking a little bit different, looking very determined. And again, Spencer's arms are just so long; it really had me worried. But uh, yeah. Woo, Woo pulled it out, and Solana wins the reward. And I was just so happy because I was like, "Oh, Woo really needed this." Yeah, and he and Tony are the ones that they decide are going to go to the Apari camp to raid it because Tony's like, "Oh yeah, like I know the camp like back of my hand because I guess it was their you know former beach." So. Yeah, they're going to go over and and raid. Jeff gives them a note to read when they get to the beach. And they get there, and the note says you can choose two of the following. Item one, comfort items, blankets, pillows, etc. Two, a tarp. Three, the fishing kit. And they kind of decide to pick the comfort and the fishing kit. Did they already have a tarp? Is that why? I feel like Tony says something like, oh, yeah, we could take the tarp to mess with mess with them. I but I actually don't know if they have a tarp or not. I was surprised because to me, it's like I'd rather a tarp than a blanket. But yeah, maybe maybe also, they that would wreck them, too. Like that would if their tarp got taken, like that would really like affect their performance if they have to like be cold and wet and freezing all the time. But that was kind of them to not take the tarp. Yeah, maybe they knew something about the forecast that we didn't. Uh all right, and they also get kind of a second part of this note, and this is a clue to a hidden immunity idol for back at their beach. And it's you know it's it's the same one that we've seen a bunch of times about the rocks and the ocean, whatever. They That's read the it. one from day one, right? That LJ yeah. found mm-hmm, mm-hmm. over on Beauty. It's wild to me that Tony. I, the more I'm watching this, it's it's watching it with this like you know analytical lens if you will um it's crazy like how on top of the game and like just tony is like he instantly like is able to say to woo no this is back at our camp it's right there like it's crazy not only does he know exactly where it is he comes up with just the most devious plan that you know what they should tell them oh, the other part of this reward was that we have to choose who from your tribe gets the idol clue. And and they they realize that Jeremiah is kind of their strongest physical threat. 
So they're going to give the clue to Jeremiah in order to paint a target on his back. Like, wild. It's so smart. I, I feel really bad for Jeremiah in this moment, actually. Me too. Like, just to... The fact that he was able to come up with this on his feet, I'm just like, damn, Tony. Like, you're good, man. You're good. Also, too, the way he does it, when he gra- he grabs Jeremiah, well, I, I guess they didn't they didn't get to that part yet, right? They first decide what they're gonna take. They take what the fishing gear and the comfort. Yes. And then Tony said, then yeah, Tony says, oh yeah, we get to pick someone. Woo! Here you collect the stuff, and then here Jeremiah, come with me. But he reads the clue with him, and he does have it wrapped up, like to show them. Oh yeah, I have to give this to someone. But he, you know, shows Jeremiah the clue and says, oh, but we need to take this back. So it doesn't leave Jeremiah with, like, the physical proof of what was said to him. So it's basically them, the rest of his tribe, having to believe Jeremiah's word about what Tony told him or not. It's genius. It is genius. And it's... it's, uh... It's it's tough. Tasha suspects they're giving to Jeremiah because they want to work with him and... Jer- but Jeremiah, honestly, like, he's he's very quick to realize that it's the exact same clue from, you know, the, the beauty island, right? Like, he, is, he knows it's bullshit. Yeah. We're going to come back to this, but first we get a little moment of Tony and Wu returning to their island. And this was a, a very LOL moment where... They show us uh, the the beach, the sand, and <laughs> shame on you, Lindsay, is written in the sand. Oh, my God. We know Trish did that. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the tribe is kind of questioning, like, why they took what they took. And they're like, you couldn't take the rice. And it's like, no, they couldn't fucking take the rice. Like, cut them a break. Like, there there was yeah. rules. Anyway, t- this is... This is an interesting moment, I thought. Tony tells them what they did to Jeremiah, and everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, okay. But then Tony chooses this moment. They're they're all feeling so good. Tony chooses this moment to tell them that he is a police officer. Yeah, it was very I was caught very off guard by it, as were the rest of his tribe mates. And he's like, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, the whole construction thing. No, I, I'm a police officer. And everyone's just like, wow. I think like Jeff was like, oh, I knew it or something. And and he says to us that he only bonded with Trish on his old tribe, but this, you know, new tribe is harmonious. And I'm like, wow, like, I don't know. I just like, I thought what he had with Sarah was real. And I guess at this point, we don't know, you know, until we get to the merge, we're, we don't know if it's real or not. But I, I was caught off guard by that. I'm like, really? Like LJ, Jeffra? Me too. Me Lou? too. And 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 LJ, he kind of explains like, explains it like, this is an instance of somebody trying to gain our trust by confessing that he lied. And it just doesn't – I wouldn't like it either. I would be like, yeah, that's not going to make me feel good about you. Yeah. But I don't know. Every, every, they do seem to, like, have a good thing going, you know, working well together. I feel like really Cliff and Lindsay being gone – is only doing good things for them. And then Trish is like, I need to confess something too. I'm I'm actually a man. Ha 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 ha. And I'm just confused because 
has there been like previous dis- it's very out of the blue for there to be no context to that you know what i mean yeah i didn't that didn't sit right with me either i i made a note of that too yeah well because I mean, it definitely didn't I feel like when I originally watched it, when it was airing, like, I didn't think that was, like, inappropriate to say. But now, just as the years go on and, like, we all, like, learn so much more, I feel like that's, like, a, that's a fucked up joke to make. It's, it's, it's rude. Yeah. It's, I guess, like, you know, it's, she has, she has a deeper voice. She is very physically fit. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. It's sad that she feels like she has to make the joke and it's sad when people laugh and it's sad when someone's like, oh, I knew it. It's like, it's just not, it's just not funny. Like, it's also a joke. It's also messed up too, though, to be like, you know, a cis woman and then actually pretend you're, you know, say you're a man, like masquerading, you know, it's not. Yeah, it's like what we talked about last week with, uh, what was it? tony calling somebody bipolar yeah it's like it's not funny because if let's say they were there's nothing wrong with that it's just not a it's not a punchline like if trish yeah. was and i understand she's making the joke at her own expense and i think that's oh, a lot of people do that and that's this that's the saddest part of it all is like it, and it's but it's just it's it shouldn't it's it, I'm 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 fumbling for my words right now because I it's one of those things where it feels it feels wrong it doesn't feel good and it's it's hard to put into words what because it's it's nuanced and it's layered because she is the one saying it you know what I mean yeah but I mean also like just you know a man presenting as a woman isn't a, isn't a joke yeah exactly exactly it's not appropriate yeah so didn't like <sighs> that but it's just so interesting watching it all these years later and like the things I pick up on that like you know, I am i don't want to pat myself on the back because this is how everyone should, you know, this is how you should think, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going above and beyond, but I'm like proud of like, I guess, just the growth and in, in things that weren't even on my radar when I first watched this. Now I'm just like, wow, that's not cool. There's something that happens immediately after this that also rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. I don't know if I, maybe when you say it, or maybe I wasn't paying attention. I don't know. What, what is it? So we go to the other tribe and Alexis is talking to Spencer and she's like, Jeremiah is so unpredictable and you know she's kind of gunning for him. But Spencer is super skeptical because he says, you know, this, this seems a little bit rehearsed. And he says that he thinks Alexis is smart, but is trying to downplay it. And he says, this is what Spencer says. I like girls who are smart and own that. Alexis is pretty phony to me. And I, I call bullshit here because I'm like, that's kind of Parvati shallow. Like, and I, I'm sure like Spencer has like the biggest crush on Parvati. Like, I just have to imagine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, he's taking issue with like a pretty girl who's super fucking smart, but plays that down and instead plays up, you know, her charming qualities instead. Yeah. Like it's very clear that Spencer doesn't understand that, being a woman people are threatened by you when you present certain qualities so we don't have the luxury of just being like oh look how smart and awesome i am yes <laughs> like, you, snaps. And, like you a man yeah no 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 i that i couldn't articulate that but you're exactly right that, that there's just not necessarily that same luxury 
And I, yeah, God, it just, I just kept thinking like, really Spencer, that rubs you the wrong way. Like, I, I don't know. I just have to imagine that, that Spencer had like a giant crush on poverty. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, well, I don't want to, I don't want to speak for him, but you know, a, a lot of people didn't. He is a super fan. Now something else too. I've, someone pointed the, some Instagram account. I think, I think it's some sort of therapist that I follow. I, I like to follow a lot of therapists and stuff, you know, keep myself in check, learn some, learn some coping mechanisms. Um, I, she said something basically that I realize that I'm very guilty of where as a woman, like you're always kind of trying to not, not everyone, but like sometimes as a woman, you're trying to appeal to like cis het men in some way. And it just for Spencer to be like, Oh, I like girls. I'm like, oh, Spencer, did you ever consider maybe Alexis doesn't live to please you? Like, just be, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. I, I like this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Alexis maybe perhaps doesn't give a shit what you, Spencer, like. And it's it's really like, it just talks to the bigger phenomenon. Like, I there's, there's that meme going around or not a what is it when it's a meme but it's a video a tiktok i don't know where somebody is a like uh, yeah like someone's typing a a mess an email and it's like the way that a man would ask a colleague for something that they're owed is like send me the i'm just gonna make something up send me the expense reports i asked for them last week but when a woman writes it, she's like, hey, if you wouldn't mind, you know, shooting over the reports to me, like, I, you know, I, it would be really appreciated. Thank you so much, you know, because yeah. it's like women are are put in this box where it's like you have to be professional, but you also have to be likable. And it's it's fucked. It's, you know, like, I think it's getting better. But yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like I I've kind of picked on Spencer a bit this season. And I think that you know, as we know, he does come back and you do see a lot of growth, but I think that he just does show a lot of his immaturity in moments like these. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's, yeah, it's the, I didn't, I didn't like that. Yeah. And like Alexis is phony for playing the game of survivor. Like everyone else is, is like, just cause she's a pretty girl. Like she's being phony and it's yeah. like, you're all being phony. We all have things that we hold back. Well, we all, as if I've played. But that's that's part of the game is everybody has something that they have to hold back, right? Like you can't be, you know, if if we see Tony when he later plays and he realizes I need to hold back my extraness, like I need to hold back my uh, aggression and assertiveness because that paints a target on my back. Um you know, there's, I think there's a lot of men who like, they're, they're very analytical and strategic, but they, they tone that down so that they don't seem like as big of threats or like, what about the people who know that they're big challenge threats and don't try so like, it's, it's just, it wasn't, I I'm latching on to like the smallest thing, yeah. but it, it just got under my skin. Yeah. Well, now we know why. Well, next, next, Jeremiah tries to tell Spencer and Alexis that the clue is fake. And it's sad because it, he makes a lot of sense. He's like, we lost. Why would we get something? And he's like, Tony's made a real mess for me. And, 
Spencer says that Jeremiah's story is tough to buy. And I'm just like, is it though? And Alexis is like, you're being paranoid, Jeremiah. They wouldn't do that. And it's like, they literally did. Oh, it's so cringy. It's so cringy. That's about all we get of that for now. But it'll haunt us throughout the whole episode. We get into our immunity challenge. All right, Ashley, guess what this one's called? Oh, geez, what? Sticks, S-T-Y-X, oh like the band. Oh, my God. It's stupid because I'm going to describe it in a second, but it's not – it's kind of a stretch. <laughs> like, it just goes to show that they have this, like, obsession with, you know, this musical theme, and it, it, it in some cases it works, and in some cases it doesn't, but whatever. Something real quick that I liked is uh, when they walk in with the idols, Jeff goes, I shall take it back. And I was just – I don't know. It was cute. But this is this is the challenge. First up, we got some wooden poles <laughs> to build a staircase. And you obviously have to build it in order that the poles are varying heights. And that you have, obviously, if you've ever walked upstairs before, you know you have to put them from shortest to tallest. Once you go up that staircase, you're going to raise through a bamboo maze. And then when you get to the end of it, there is like a knot you have to untie. And then you're going to go down a slide. One person will then maneuver through a rope obstacle a key to unlock a machete and then you'll use the machete to cut down some puzzle pieces once you have the puzzle pieces two people will work to put the puzzle together which will then reveal a combination if you have the right combo your flag will go up and you'll win this is a lot of components honestly so one thing to note is as soon as they start to work on the staircase it's very very muddy like lj kind of takes a not a fall but like he like sinks into the mud so i don't know that sucks um apari gets their staircase built first and they head up through the maze sarah's kind of leading the charge but Solana's very quick behind them. They get theirs up. They're not too far behind. Jeff says that both teams are working well together. All right. And then we get to the knots. And Wu is the first one to get his undone. Yep. And then Sarah is untying for Apari. I like that Sarah, like, untied it and then was like, go, go. Like, getting her, you know, ushering the team. Like, taking, like, leadership and, like, making them go through. So I liked that moment for Sarah. I just wanted to say that slide that they have to go down is made of like bamboo and that gives me such anxiety that you're gonna get a splinter on your ass or your thighs i was like cringing i uh i don't know can you just like i'm sure they smooth it out but how can you be sure you know what i mean like what if someone like nicked it with something on the way down and then you're next and a splinter goes in your ass i don't know just it, it, it terrified me it gave me anxiety but everyone made it down okay the slide looked a lot of fun to me because it reminded me of the sound and the look of it reminded me of this slide. This is like a place that I've been chasing in my dreams since childhood. It was in like the Langhorn Fairless Hills area. It's called Discovery Zone. I don't know if you'd ever been. Yeah, yeah. Was... I mean, I, I think there are, Discovery Zones are everywhere. Okay. Not well, everywhere, maybe... but there's, there's no, it, it's like a chain. Yeah. I guess I only was taken like once or twice. So oh. it felt very, it was as elusive to me as say a Kahunaville, which I well, feel like we've. I, I could talk about Kahunaville all day long. Um, yeah. I, I, I worry to even get you started. Cause I know we've talked about it on the podcast before, but yeah, we, we, I, we know how we both feel about Kahunaville. Oh my God. I, I dream of those cheese fries that they had. I just liked the ambiance. Oh, well, I mean, that, 
forget about the ambiance. I mean, that was amazing. I will. Sorry, I just need to say I had birthday parties at Discovery Zone for sure, and my brother did too. I, I bet Jeff Hornberger, our guest of the show, has attended one. Um, one of our birthday parties. Yeah, Discovery Zone. Like, yeah, with like the ball pit and like that slide and stuff. I I also had a birthday party at Cahunaville. And they had You're this, so lucky. They you had this room that the the sky changed from like it was like a scene on the wall of like the ocean. So it was like you were like in the let's say you were on a boat looking out into the ocean on all sides, and it would change from night to day. So the lighting in the room would change, and like also the wall would change, and like you would see a whale's tail popping out. It was it was the shit. I'm sending you an image right now in the chat that is the slide. And I'll put this in our Instagram, I hope. Where, where um, did you have a birthday party? Yeah, like honestly, Ash, I, I don't know this link I sent came through. I I feel super jealous. Like I literally am just sitting here being like, fuck you, Ashley. Because like, I, no offense, but like, I don't know. That's like my literally a Kahunaville Discovery Zone birthday party is a, dr- a dream my birthday parties and it was not like like my parents were like cheap or like skimping but like I just don't know that it would I don't know that I I don't know why but like my birthday parties was like I had a roller skating birthday party at like the no. Presbyterian church or like I thought you were gonna say um, a on roller rink no no that'd be fun I uh once had a birthday party at McDonald's where somebody threw up on me so oh, like whatever oh yeah. wow. I, I remember going to a a birthday party at McDonald's back then. I forgot that was a thing. It was kind of fun, I'll yeah. be honest. Oh, no, totally fun. Yeah. Wow. Imagine, like, I don't know why it blows my mind. And I feel like as a, a child, we did this. Like, I cannot imagine eating in a fast food restaurant. Like, I now. mean, yeah, I, I have, but. No, but, like, I don't think I have. Like, I actually remember the, the I think the last time I ate in a fast food restaurant is one time. I think it was literally over. I think it was like almost 15 years ago. Courtney and I, I remember like we're really, I think we were hungover and we ate like sad Big Macs and McDonald's. But that, I think that was the last time. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done it in a while. Yeah. Okay, sorry. The, 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 the uh, slide really triggered a lot for us. <laughs> so now we get to this key portion of the event and we have Tony and Jeremiah working on the keys. Jeremiah gets his key first, but Tony is right behind him. But then here is where things get interesting is Jeremiah is able to free his puzzle pieces first, but Tony has a really tough time getting that lock undone. Jeff says, you know, it's costing his tribe a lot of time, but he does finally get the machete. And so now we're on to the puzzles. Sarah and Spencer are doing the puzzle. And then Wu and LJ are doing the puzzle. And it's a vertical puzzle where you're like, stacking pieces on top of each other from bottom to top and you're 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 making the numbers yeah for your combination so i will say like solana lj and woo even though they're starting behind tony is like kind of guiding them they're working as a team and tony's like whatever they did it looked like maybe like a 29 kind of and then Mm -hmm. tony's like no no that's not right flip it and so like and woo's like oh i don't know and lj just like takes it off and and makes that number upside down to be 67 i think and yeah they end up they end up winning yeah and you know yeah tony tony's sideline coaching i think was really pivotal and helpful whereas like the other tribe they were trying to do that a little bit and i will say like 
Sarah kind of dug her feet into the ground and she was like, no, it's right. But she she did mess it up. So yeah, yeah Solana wins and um, it's cute. I was, I don't know why. I just kept being like, it's really cute for Wu because I was nervous for him. Yeah. I, I was. All right. But then they start chanting, as Tony in particular chants, top five, baby. And you, you immediately Sarah's, see Sarah's face and she's like, what the fuck? And she's like, I guess I'm moving on and I'll be making a new alliance. Yeah. Like she hears Tony screaming top five and she looks over and there's five people and, you know, one of them isn't her. So exactly. She's going to proceed at that point with her, her new tribe and, you know, I guess let go of cops are us. Yep, end of end of an era. Yeah. So, all right, we're we're getting down to the wire, and then we're we're gonna go back to a party. It's day. It's it's they they. I don't know. I'm just. It's day sixteen. We, it's been day sixteen for a while, but I I did make a note of that. I don't know why. Jeremiah says Tony made a dumb mistake by yelling out top five because. Here's the thing. Even after Apari votes somebody out, they're still going to have the majority. Yeah. And this is some some comic relief. And I think it's especially comical for us because we are both from and currently live in New Jersey. And they're all kind of trying to mock a New Jersey accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's really bad. It's just so funny because I feel like what people think of as New Jersey accent, we definitely do not have. I have some kind of accent. Like, I don't know if I have more of a Philly accent or a New Jersey accent, but sometimes when I hear myself talk, I'll be like, oh, that's something. There's something there. Yeah, no, me too. I definitely say certain things, but I'm just saying like when you're watching like, you know, Real Housewives of New Jersey or something and like, I feel like what people think of as New Jersey accent is a North Jersey accent. And mm-hmm. like, we definitely don't have that. Yeah, like a, like a Staten like Island. Yeah, more like Tony. Yeah, like a Staten Island accent, if you will. So, yeah, but it's 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 time to to start the scramble. And once again, Alexis is making her pitch by the water. Oh, you know what? The interview scenes of Alexis are very gratuitous, right? It's like her in her bathing suit by this little pond of water, like flicking the water with her feet. And she looks she looks amazing. She does not look like someone who has been on a beach for 16 days. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, her, her pitch is that she thinks that Jeremiah, it, it, she doesn't, everyone's trying to figure out why why they felt so confident in being like top five, top five. And her pitch is like, oh, well, they feel confident because they know Jeremiah is their six. Like he's the only person they've talked to. Spencer's still not buying it. Uh, you know, Sarah kind of gives her some peace of mind. He's like, yeah, I won't flip. And Spencer sums it up. He says, it's a question of who is the bigger liability, Alexis or Jeremiah? Mm-hmm. It's accurate. Now we get to Cass has been laying pretty low this episode. Uh, uh, both her and Tasha haven't gotten a lot of screen time. But, you know, once again, we're reminded that the Brains tribe is in a really good positioning. And Cass kind of explains it. She's like, we are in full control again. You know, we, we really just needed people to boss around. We're the Brains and we needed a body. We found our zombies. Now we're in. <laughs> So there's the episode title, I guess. Jeremiah, Morgan, and Alexis are the zombies. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's about it. I mean, it's just, it's such a shame because Jeremiah, I hate, it's so annoying because Jeremiah's totally telling the truth and he's just, uh, it really just shows how masterful Tony is. That's crazy. Yeah. He potentially flip Jeremiah's world upside down with like one simple lie. Tribal is, is pretty much a regurg- regurgitation of everything we've already seen and talked about. You know, brains is good, but it's it's pointed out that beauty is clearly fractured. Uh, you know, Jeremiah Morgan never really got along. Jeff says, well, if you if you anticipate a merge coming, you have to have a tight group. And this is where Sarah once again brings up the top five comment. And Tasha says that the beauties are in trouble because they're fractured. And Jeff brings up the raid. And then Alexis talks about the Jeremiah idol move of it all and this is just like jeff goes it's about trust isn't it yeah no shit yeah come on jeff act act like you've seen this game before (laughs) uh morgan says that she thinks it's possible that jeremiah or alexis could flip at a merge and Spencer says it's the most important decision they've made so far to me if i had to pick who's more likely to flip I think it's Alexis because I think she's closer to Jeffra than mm-hmm. Jeremiah was to LJ. Yeah, I would agree with that. I will say I I have an appreciation for Morgan. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, she's done a lot of things that I think were pretty smart. And like, I liked that she was working with Bryce back on the, you know, original beauty. Um, but I, I just think that's smart for her to, you know, verbalize that. Like, I feel like she is against Alexis really more than Jeremiah. So she's like, all right, guys, like, you know, I know we're focusing on this shady idol thing from Jeremiah, but like, what have you guys thought about Alexis? Like, I feel like she's really planning that. Yeah, it's actually very interesting that you say that because there was another deleted scene from this episode that I wasn't going to call out because I didn't find it that interesting and maybe by that i just didn't find it to reign as true to me personally but this is the deleted scene and this was posted on cbs.com it it was the 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 whole apari tribe talking about morgan and they were saying that she's kind of excluded herself from the tribe and alexis says in a confessional that you know she actually would want to take morgan to the final three because she's a goat oh i i think she's playing way better than alexis is Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it's, I guess, I guess though, when you look at it, she doesn't have any tight alliances currently. Yeah. I think that's part of her plan. Maybe it is. Well, let's get to the vote, shall we? Yeah. Our, fo- our first vote is for Jeremiah and then it's a, a clean sweep. We got Alexis, 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 yeah, Alexis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Morgan smiles. Jeremiah breathes a huge sigh of relief. Alexis walks off crying. And Jeff's final words are, it was a big vote and you were unified in your decision. The lingering question as you head back to camp, how deep does that unity run? And (laughs) Alexis walking away is like, her tears are just so audible. It's like, (laughs) 
<laughs> like with every- I had my closed caption on and it said sobbing, I think. Not to, not to be such a dick because I know if I – I am so, so sensitive that I know if I got voted out, I would just be uh, – the things that would be racing through my head would be like, I let down my mom. I let down my aunts. I let down Ashley. I and- let down Brian and Courtney. Like I would just be thinking of like, – <laughs> you know what I mean? There's something wrong with me. Um, I but- would also <laughs> – I think I would be upset. I wouldn't possibly think, oh, like, even if they did vote me out because I'm a threat, like, I would, my mind would never go there. I would be like, why don't they like me? <laughs> like, that's, that's what, that's what I would be thinking. But it's just funny because, like, I don't know, when Alexis is playing, I guess, like, I guess I underestimated her dedication to the game because, you know, like, a lot of, a lot of these people are just like kind of like going to a model casting and it's like they heard about, like, they're looking at this as a job. They're not, like oh i want to play the game it's like i'm a beautiful person just looking to get some exposure but alexis like yeah she she doesn't look back like jeff snuffs her torch she doesn't we don't see her look back at the tribe or anything she doesn't you know acknowledge them she's like sobbing and like in her final words she was i think she said she was like a big fan like i I'm, i'm the biggest fan like i thought i would do better like i'm so disappointed it's actually kind of sad yeah I, uh, it's not the way that I would want to, I, oh my God, I just would want to make the, I would want to make the merge and I I wouldn't like that. She was like, I I didn't even make the merge. Oh, it's so funny. I'll never forget in season 27, like when in blood versus water, when Kat is afraid that her boyfriend is going to break up with her. Like who wants to date someone that didn't even make the merge? (laughs) You love that quote. It's funny. Oh man. All right. Do you have any any stray observations or final final comments on the episode? Um something I was kind of thinking about, which I don't know, like I never like really was a Trish fan watching. But I will say I think Trish is a a good person. And I think that's why Tony trust I feel like I don't know. Just that's just like my thought on Trish. Like I Well, yeah, she she picked the rice. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just feel like, you know, even if when Lindsay was attacking her, I think I felt bad because I'm like, I don't know if if Trish was a jerk, I don't think I would have cared as much that Lindsay was saying mean stuff to her, which like I guess isn't right. Like, you shouldn't say mean stuff to anyone. But I don't know. I was kind of affected by it because I'm like, I feel like Trish is a good person and at one point i feel like she called her a horse face which i think is like really nasty thing to yeah, say yeah that's so mean yeah uh i have one one lingering trivia comment from this episode is this was the first and only time that apari went to tribal council oh wow yeah well we'll spoiler there for for next week uh as far as an MVP goes, I, I do want to say woo because I thought he did really good. But I I also got it, it's got to be Tony, right? Like yeah. that that think that on his feet thinking his his co- sideline coaching and the challenge. Yeah, he he fumbled a little by by making his top five chant. But it's God, it's got to be him. Who else? He's the MVP of the season. Literally. I know. I know. All right. Well, that's we're we're gonna close it out there. It's it was it's a good episode. I think it's only gonna get it's only gonna get better and faster from here. It, I I've been delighted by these early episodes. Usually I I do dread them, but they've yeah. been they've been pretty enjoyable. This one was action packed. 
Without further ado, let's get into our segment called Survivor Scuttlebutt. This is where we give shout outs, we talk shit, we catch up on anything that needs to be caught. So I'm going to start off by addressing a rumor that's been floating around the Survivor community. And it's the, the rumor is that typically a full season of Survivor is 39 days. There is talk that this upcoming season, season 41, will only be 29 days. And people are, people have feelings about this. I will tell you what. And I I think that the most, um, you know, I think one is they're on a, I guess, a condensed timeline. Um, They they maybe anticipate having, having to speed things up and, you know, you could look at it as like, oh, what is shaving off 10 days going to get you? But the thing that somebody pointed out to keep in mind is that everybody is going to have to quarantine for the first 14 days. So if you're a contestant, that's 39 plus 14 days of like being away from your family, being away from your life, from your life. So it's like, yeah. Kind of kind of reasonable, I think. I guess, but I think I can't remember you you shared and also too, I had not heard this. I heard this from you when you shared it on our own Instagram because I saw people responding like, what? 20? I'm like, what oh what? Huh? Um I will like, okay, I get if if it's what they need to do, but I would not choose this. And I I th- I think was it Rick Devins? I don't know, someone was saying Yeah, like, yeah. Day twenty nine, like that's the time of the loved. Oh, here you read it. I, I, that, I, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So, well, first he said something funny. He was like, "Survivor castaways. The show needs to do more to take care of contestants physically and mentally. Also, Survivor castaways. Twenty nine days. I want these people to suffer like I suffered. But then he follows it up by saying, you know, what I what I mentioned, which is that twenty nine days is usually around when they bring the family out." These contestants also had to quarantine for 14 additional days. So no family visit plus extra quarantine time. I think it makes sense to do 29 days. After these two unique seasons, I imagine they'll go up to 39. The thing for me, the reason that it doesn't rub me the wrong way is typically an episode spans a three-day time period, right? And especially in Kagayan, we've noted that a lot of the times we don't even see footage from that third day. They'll kind of skip a day. And so I I don't know. I guess I... People people take issue with like the merit of it of like, oh, are you really a survivor castaway if you only survive 29 days? I'm like, well, shoot, I couldn't survive a single day. So like, yeah, how, what do I care? But I I kind of that's the thing, though, when we're ranking our winners, like it's like, oh, that's not fair. They didn't choose it. Yeah, but you didn't like, you know, no someone that that outlasted, you know, or. And are they going to vote? I feel like are they, they're going to have less people competing to begin with, or are they going to vote more frequently? Like how, like how are they going to navigate that? And really though, I don't know. Like if I'm looking and I'm someone that made it 39 days and then this next winner only did 29, like, I'm like, I'm better than them. Well, but I, I think it's, it's like if, if it, if a typical episode is over three days and one day is the reward, one day is the challenge slash tribal, and you're just omitting that day in between, 
that still that could still potentially and there's 14 episodes in a season that could still potentially be the the regular amount of challenges and tribals that we're used to seeing i oh my god i just like feel bad in advance i don't know i i'm surprised that i'm defending this because uh, I, I i do get it i 100 see it but i feel bad it makes me think of just like people like poor michelle who are like she didn't deserve her win or whatever you know what i mean it's like it's I, I none of them none of them chose the 29 days you know they they didn't but i mean i don't know 14 days of quarantining with food and shelter and stuff i feel like a lot can happen to you mentally and physically in 10 days on an island so it's just without a doubt like i i'm it's it's easier there's no there's no way around it unless they made the conditions like way, way shittier, which I mean, I don't think they're going to do. I, I'm so, I, I, you know, I think part of the reason I'm fine with it is I'm just so excited for a new season, like regardless of what it is. I'm curious what like Jeff's little preamble in the opening opening of the season is going to be if they're going to show us like uh, kind of like The Bachelor did, right? Like where yeah. they're going to show us footage of people like alone in their rooms quarantining. I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, that would be interesting. Now, like, and I will say like, it's crazy what the pandemic has forced shows to do. And I think some of them handle it really well. Like, you know, I've been watching Guys Grocery Games, as you know, huge fan. And they can't, you know, have a full stocked grocery store and have people like just to compete on an episode of guys grocery games. Like, I mean, they can't have people coming and quarantining like four new contestants every week and then the judges and the crew. So it's just so interesting. It's like guy and his son at their house. And then they have like a zoom, which I mean, I fucking hate zoom. Like I'm over it. Like don't invite me to a zoom happy hour anymore. Not interested. It's been over a year. Um, but they have like a video call with three judges typically. And it's like they're cooking at their own houses and it, they, I don't know. They just made it so fun. Yeah. I, I think it, it could, it could be interesting. I'm excited to see what they'll do. That's my first piece of scuttlebutt. I have a couple of others. They're, 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 they're kind of small. Well, one is fun. One was just a, a quick note that um, Tyson and Coach the Dragon Slayer were hanging out, which I just love that. There's some people when they hang out, some people from Survivor who hang out together. I'm like, okay, who cares? Like, have a good time. But there's some people when they do that, I'm just like, that's so cute. What are they talking? What are they talking about? Yeah, that's sweet. I like that. I, I like that they're still friends. Especially, you know what? I I think with Coach too. Like, I feel like a lot of people, like viewers, it's like you love him or or you hate it. he's he's uh he's polarizing mm -hmm, but, that's a good way to put it but i feel like sometimes too like some of his tribe mates might kind of be like oh yeah coach huh? but it's like it's nice to know that they like are you know i like to see that they are friends like they do they do love coach you know he's he's a little quirky he's a little out there but it's nice that they're friends i think so too the last thing i have I don't know if you saw this. Well, so so you you posted that as we've alluded to, really funny tweet if you haven't checked yeah. it out. And so it encouraged me to go do to go do a scroll of the Twitter. And what did I happen upon? But a one Aussie saying that he wanted to start a book club and then Michelle was like, "I'm so down for this. Yeah, let's start one." 
And I, I was like, yeah, I'm down. So I signed up for it. I am a member of Ozzy's book club. Oh, wait. Okay. I saw the tweets, but like I didn't know there was like an actual thing you could join. How, how do yeah. I join? If you go to his Twitter, he posts the link somewhere. He did a, this is the thing, is he wants to read a sci-fi book. The only, so, and then he did a poll for like what book we should read first. The only one that, I'm not a huge sci-fi person. My husband is, but uh, the only one that captured my, that I am somewhat interested in reading is Ready Player Two. I have not read Ready Player One, but Mm -hmm. I have heard it's really good. So I could do some homework in advance, I suppose. But uh, I just think it would be really – I'm very curious what Ozzy's book club looks like. Yeah, maybe I'll check that out. Now, see, the thing is, though, I feel like it's tough to pick a sequel for your first book because that is kind of requiring you to do homework if you're really going to enjoy it. You need that context. But then maybe it'll weed out some of the people who don't care that much. And next thing you know, it's me, Ozzy, and Michelle all alone in a book club together. Wow, a girl can dream. Mm, yeah, exactly. What a duo. Oh, man. Oh, anything, anything you wanted to to chat about? I don't, I don't think I have anything. That's all right. Let's, let's move on. My first luxury item is actually kind of like a survivor luxury item. So I, I kind of think it's a good transition between survivor scuttlebutt and luxury items. Sure. All right. I'm going to lay it on you. So I, I always love as, as y'all might know, finding new survivor podcasts and you know just to do my due diligence just to support um you know people who are passionate about what we're passionate about and i i will say i i try to listen to to each one of them i i think some 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 are better than others and this one that is that i've stumbled upon that is new to me i think they started let's see uh in march so no no wait sorry no that's wrong um Nope, that's correct. Sorry, it is March. And they are also watching Kagayan. Um, this podcast is called The Women's Alliance, oh, nice. which is really funny. And it's it's two uh, women, <laughs> which I love because I don't think there's a lot of women-only podcasts out there. And it's with two comedians, uh, Lita Darmian, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your names wrong, and uh, Jenny Gorlick, and they're recapping Survivor, and they're starting with Kagayan. Oh my god, I'll have to check that out. It's it's really fun. It's I I, I think they they don't do they don't really go chronologically it's like through the episode. It's more and they, they've been combining them, so like they'll do two episodes at a time. So it's a yeah. little bit broader of strokes, but it's really funny. They have a lot of their comedian friends on. So um, I think you guys should check that out. I think if you like our, if you like our pot, not, not to like put ourselves, you know, not to compare myself to anybody, but I think it's, it's a little bit in the same vein. Cool. Mm-hmm. What have you been into? Gossip Girl, Top Chef. What, what do we have? Uh, okay. Well, yeah, like I, I am like, if I don't feel like paying attention to something, I do put I have been watching Gossip Girl. Um, I watched a lot of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills over the past few days. I will say I'm glad I stuck with it because the first season was really boring. And like I know it was like filmed in 2010 and like the picture quality is not good and it's like their first season. And you could argue, like, if you go back to any of the Real Housewives seasons, it might be like that. But, like, I don't know. You watched New York. Like, I was pretty invested in the first season of New York, even though it's not as good as the later seasons. Like, I don't know. The first season was a real struggle for me. But I'm glad I stuck with it because with the introduction of 
a friend of Brandy Glanville, who's like a very controversial, you know, person. Like she, you've heard of her before this. I mean, not everyone, but like, because her husband, Eddie Cibrian, I think did a, I think maybe like a Hallmark Channel kind of movie with Leanne Rimes. And they like had an affair and like left their spouses to, to be together. And they are now like, they're still currently married. They're together all these years later. But that, that was a long time ago that that happened. But um that's where i'd heard of brandy before and she she's a real force but she, i don't know just the introduction of her on the show is you know makes some waves and it definitely makes it more interesting so i've been doing that um i, I do have a second one did you want to go next do you have another one yeah they're not they're not very exciting one is like super lame but when i think <laughs> When I reflect on the things that I've been into this week, I don't know how I could not mention it, but um, we moved in, I moved into my my new house, the house that I currently live in, in August of last year. And there's a tree in our backyard and we, that's, we've just, it's been there. But what I did not know is that it, when it blooms, it is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It is a weeping cherry tree and it's just I I can't tell you, I mean, I'm pregnant right now, right? So I don't have like a lot of uh, indulgences that I I can live for right now. You know, can't have wine, can't have a ton of caffeine. Uh, But this this tree, it's just so beautiful. I sound insane. But like, I'll literally just sit outside and stare at it. It's like so pink and luscious. And it's just. That's the little things in life. My luxury item is a tree. (laughs) Wow. I also have a thing I'm looking forward to and I know that you know one of our our kind of running jokes is that we can't get through an episode of this podcast without referencing uh one of our fave mutual podcasts which is called be there in five with Kate Kennedy dude I am so excited for her Rachel Hollis deep dive oh my god I, I I'm very interested to hear her take and I do appreciate too that she's also sharing a lot of like instagram like videos of other people explaining like why rachel hollis is so problematic too just to give us some other you know perspectives and then she's gonna look at it kind of from a a different i I can't remember what she said how she's kind of looking at it like overall like why she's problematic like for women she's she said something in her story like she's people have been requesting a rachel hollis deep dive from her for a long time and she's like I don't want to just go out there and shit on somebody for no, not for no reason, but like just to do it. Like it needs to be part of a bigger conversation. Yeah. And I think the bigger conversation here is like, you know, she also covers a lot of things like uh, MLMs, mid-level marketing uh, schemes or, you know, pyramids or you know, influencers who like go out there being like, I'm going to teach you a class that's going to make your life 100% better. And all you need to do is these things. And it doesn't take into account anything like privilege or circumstance or like any of that. And it's just, it, and, and Rachel Hollis is very much in that vein. And it's has said a lot of problematic shit, like particularly around like weight or most recently she made uh, really outlandish comments about, um her housekeeper and i god i mean i'm not even gonna get into it i'm just gonna point you to that episode when it drops 
but I am every day. She is. She said it's it's been it's been a little bit late because she she keeps refining it, which I love so much. Yeah. Anytime our podcast is late, I'll tell you that is not why. It's because I'm tired. But it's it, I I'm so excited to listen to it. Very yeah. rarely do I get so hyped for a podcast, but and like if anyone doesn't know who Rachel Hollis is, she wrote like the self help books, and the first one you may have heard of is called Girl Wash Your Face, and I will say. I had seen people recommend it. And so I at one point put it on hold at the library and then I never picked it up. And then I'm so glad that I never did because basically Rachel Hollis, she married a Disney exec. And I think I I do not know the backstory, but I think she did have a very hard life earlier on, but she's selling you these ideas ideas that it's kind of like the reason why you're not successful is because of you and you know you need to do these things to achieve success but yeah does not taking into consideration the privilege she has as you know a white woman you know married to a really you know rich white man well they actually actually are now um divorced yeah it's it's a lot of things like uh, if you have negative thoughts, you're the one allowing them to be there in your head. And that doesn't take into account anxiety or, you know, disordered thinking at all. And that's, I, I just, I can't imagine. Well, I guess I can, because I am somebody who struggles with anxiety. Uh, you're reading a book and being told that my negative thoughts are my fault when it, if, if you've ever, and I, this is all so fresh in my mind because I had an anxiety attack this week and that, that you know and it's if you've ever struggled with an anxiety of any kind it's like you know you would do anything anything for those thoughts to not be there right yeah. like it's uh, you, you, nobody wants to to sit around feeling negative or thinking negative thoughts like so she's like fucking excuse me rachel like, oh it's, it's terrible and like yeah i'm really excited for the be there in five deep dive because i think i'm gonna listen to that and then go out after and like do some further research in case some things are missed. But like I read somewhere, I'm pretty sure that she like encouraged her, like in her one book, like she advised people to like not be friends with their fat friends or something. Yeah. Like I yeah. don't know the context, but it's like, Oh, like am, am I making you less? Laura, I'm sorry. Like as your fat friend, am I like making you less successful in your life just by yeah. merely being here? Like what? It's no, it's so it's beyond, 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 beyond offensive and beyond logical. She, she makes the argument, Rachel Hollis, that like, if you, if you are somebody who is fat or overweight, like you, how can you trust somebody who can't take care of themselves? Like, how can you trust somebody to show up for you who can't even show up for themselves? And it's like, how, 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 how does some, oh my God, it's, it's so much to, it's so much to unpack. It's so damaging. It's so, and this, the thing that you guys have to keep in mind, if you haven't heard of Rachel Hollis, like just for context, this this book where she spews this hate was a bestseller for like years, sold millions of copies. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I mean, her face is everywhere in Target, like Ugh. millions and millions of women and people, but per- her audience is primarily women, have read these books. They have purchased tickets to go to her conferences to see her like 
spew this garbage in person and it's just it's part of the the it's it's so so much of what is wrong with our society is like she is the poster child for like this this disordered way of thinking it's just wild like and just to imagine being so lucky that you are married to like a rich powerful man that you get the privilege of being able to spew your bullshit on this scale like i'm sorry like do you think anyone would have picked up this stupid book if she was just like a joe schmo like random person without this i just it makes me so mad that she gets this platform because of her privilege and this is what she chooses to do with it also not to mention she i think that i've just i have not even like i have not read her books like i haven't followed her anything like that but i feel like years ago i read an article talking about how she plagiarizes she will post yeah (laughs) post quotes and attribute them to herself from like from like Maya Angelou. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, she literally said something a Maya Angelou quote, and she like posted it as her own. And then also, do not to mention her problematic video recently that she posted. That's what she, started all this. She captioned it with like Harriet Tubman, like Malala, like and it's, people are like, oh, excuse me, are you are you comparing yourself to these powerful women? Like many many of which are women of color, really comparing yourself to them it's and yeah she calls her house cleaner the the person that cleans my toilets or the woman that cleans my toilets like okay really like your housekeeper that's all she does you literally just pay her to come clean like that's you know the most disgusting household tasks and that's what you're calling it's 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 so it's so gross i mean i i can't i can't even i think i think we've said all that yeah i don't know oh i could talk about it for hours though it's like the the messaging that that first catapulted her to this 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 fame of girl wash your face it's like influencers and rachel hollis like people who subscribe very simple things of like if you just drank more water you could change your life it's like fuck you no i couldn't who knew that all i needed to do to be successful in life is just to fucking wash my face like i've been wanting to up my skincare game but if I had known that it would have gotten me all this success, I would have started doing it years ago. Thanks, oh Rachel. Oh, my God. Oh, all right. Well, you said you actually had another item. What, yeah. what, what do you got? Um, I will say I don't think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we recorded last Saturday. And right after I watched the premiere of season 18 of Top Chef. And it was delightful. And like, again, just like before I was taught, we were talking about, oh, like, how is Survivor going to be different because of the pandemic like this season? What are they going to do with that? And, you know, I talked about how Guys Grocery Games has adapted. I will say Top Chef. I mean, if you don't know the premise, usually it's about like, I don't know, anywhere from like 14 to like 18 possibly contestants. Um, they Some of them are executive chefs. Some of them are sous chefs. Some of them are private chefs, you know, from all over the country. Um, and they go, they, this, each season is a different city usually. So this one is Portland. So, you know, people from all over the country, they come. Oregon. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I was like, duh. Yeah. But I forgot Portland, Maine. Um, yeah. Portland, Oregon. Um, and they come and compete, but like the challenges a lot of the times are going to be, oh, you're serving at this festival. You need to make this kind of food. You need to make, serve 200 guests you need to do this like there's always a lot of people involved but you know in the pandemic they can't really do that so what they have done which i i love i i was just worried like how are we gonna have top chef if they can't serve 
go to this festival and make 200 portions like how are they going to adapt when they can't go to all these different sites and do their challenges every week they have a panel of past top chef contestants coming in to like be the diners and, oh. and judge um each week along with our judges tom colicchio padma lakshmi and gail simmons of food and wine magazine um and i love it because I, I watch top chef all the time like i i don't i don't think like i i don't think i talk about it but when i go to sleep i put on top chef now it used to be i used to watch a sitcom like i used to back in the day like i watched it was friends for years and then like sometimes how i met your mother or parks and rec or the office now i put on top chef so it's my mom i was like oh do you want to watch an old season of top chef and she was like why i've already seen it like she just i think her like it's getting to the the end result who wins the season I, I love the whole journey. I love it. So I watch it all the time. So seeing these familiar faces come back and like, I don't know, it just feels like reuniting with old friends like this. And so I've w now watched two episodes since because there was a new one this Thursday, the second episode. And it's just like this challenge. It was, I don't know, maybe six or so past contestants along with our judges. It kind of remind. it gave me the feeling of like, you know, imagine like graduating high school and then getting lunch with your favorite teachers or something like a reunion and it's like those chefs have grown so much since they left the show and accomplished amazing i don't know it was very heartwarming i, I text brian our fr friend of friend of the show watches it too and i like i was texting yesterday i was like i got like really emotional like have you watched yet i don't i just i like teared up a little bit i don't know it's really good everyone should watch top chef it's amazing I know, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I don't watch Top Chef, and I should, but it's similar to how I felt with uh, Grey's Anatomy this season. I forget. Have you been watching? You know, I watched the first couple of as I do every every year when Grey's Anatomy comes back um, in the fall. I'll watch a couple episodes, then I'll fall off, and then after the then I'll see like a preview for the finale and it's like some Meredith's going to be escaping death again like oh I need to know what happens but then I'll be like you know like, I can use a quick refresher and sometimes I'll go back and like watch all of it and at this point how many fucking seasons is it if I many I I recently rewatched all of great like I think before last season I rewatched the entire thing leading up to last season I I mean look I don't get me started but I so badly wish that they would just end this show no. I think it's it's time like free me but I still I still do watch it and that they've spoiler alert they've had a lot of um alumni who are no longer on the show come back and I think what what warms my heart about it is yeah I think it's like it's a pandemic and these people probably just don't have that much else to do <laughs> so it's very easy for them to like rearrange their schedules but it's also it's just heartwarming because it's, I think that a lot of these shows like you know Top Chef, Grey's Anatomy very different but also they share this similarity is that you know they they know that what's going to warm hearts right like they know that people are going to like to see their old friends as you put it and yeah, this is why I right now this is why I really am going to be curious what Survivor is going to do because I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like I think having a returning player season would be very smart to do right now. Although I have to say, like I think if that was happening, we would have heard a, some more rumblings. I don't know. 
Yeah. Because there's people out there who like, you know, well, you and sometimes the people are like you and Brian, actually, who'll be like, Natalie hasn't posted in 10 days. What's she up to? Yeah, it's it's Brian. I will say he's very aware. Like mm-hmm. he knew she was on the challenge. I mean, not like knew she was on the challenge. <laughs> when it was like announced that she was going to be on the challenge, Brian was like, I noticed that she didn't post on Instagram for a while. Like he's on top of it. But did you see um the the two Survivor players who are? I don't know if it's confirmed, but they are, I guess, in talks to be on the next season of the challenge. No. Who? It was um, Michaela, who I think oh. would be good. The other one was a lot more surprising, though. It was Tommy, recent winner. Wow. Interesting. I know. Hmm. It just weird to me. I don't know. Like, I just feel like it's, you know, what the challenge is not the same as it used to be, though. I will say, I, I, I as you know, I did a recent rewatch because it's, you know, I think starting season eleven is on pa- Paramount Plus, formerly CBS All Access. So I watched like season eleven through twenty seven in like the span of like maybe a month or two. Like, I'm not proud. It was it was a lot of TV I was watching. Um, but. It's so funny because the challenge, it used to be so much about the partying and the hooking up and stuff and the drama. But now it's like, even the way they film it, it's like these competitors. Like it, It's like about the actual challenge now. So like, I'm not as interested. It's not, the drama is not there anymore. So I, I guess maybe that uh, before I was going to be like, really? I don't feel like the, the challenge is his vibe. Because I don't know, isn't he like engaged? Like, I don't know. I, I think I, I just imagined he was going to take his winnings and like, He's a he's like a nice sweet teacher. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I think now that it actually is more about physical competition and not the drama surrounding it outside of the actual competition, then I could actually maybe see him, him being interested in it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it for me. For me as well. Let's let's close it out. If if you guys um. I don't know, have any questions or anything, again, feel free to shoot us a DM, slide into the DMs over on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. We hang out there a lot. It's a fun place to live. And we'll be back next week to talk about episode six, which is the merge. Woo! Um, so I, I will spoil this. It's we, we got an Outback Steakhouse meal coming up. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. I have a baked potato in the fridge. I was going to say, I was like, I feel like you and I should, like, eat a baked potato while discussing it. I literally, because of Survivor during our Heroes versus Villains, like, Wait. Recap, that reward have been eating baked potatoes. Like, it's no one's business. Like, I you- eat one every day. No, that's a that's that's an exaggeration but once you're once you're two weeks post vax we should go to outback steakhouse you well you've never been right no never oh my god i would love to go on a date to outback steakhouse and and just like uh do do a live story of the whole experience do an instagram live of us at outback steakhouse i'm sure courtney would want to come what if i just wear my survivor buff oh my god please do Maybe I'll order a Survivor shirt for the occasion. Well, stay stay tuned for that, guys. Oh, my God. Mm, baked potato. Loaded baked potato. But no, I literally, it's it's 100% because of Survivor, that challenge in Heroes vs. And how long ago was that? I've, I've been eating like a baked potato a week at least, which I, I hadn't had a baked potato in like a year probably before that. <laughs> I, dude, I was upset. Sorry, we're about to, cl- we're about to jump off, but 
I can't keep a baked potato or a potato, a baked potato. I can't keep a potato fresh to save my life because it's like, oh, you put them in a cold, dark place and they'll they'll be good for months. Like mine are consistently spudsy. Oh, uh, like when they're like sprouting, like yeah, like d- like growths off of them, and yeah, I know, yeah. I know mine. Mine like I've seen better days. I think I I might need to get a new bag. I will say something that I've been doing to make my baked potato experience easier is I take the potato, stab it a couple times with a fork, microwave it for six minutes. That's key. Yeah, and the microwaving it first before putting it in the oven really cuts down the cook time. So. That's very good. That's, to that's know. my pro tip. But yeah, I made and now but I'm always like, oh, I better make an extra one. Just, you know, if you ever want a baked potato as a snack. <laughs> well, I, I like to do well by me. I mean, Matt, Matt's a big advocate for twice baked potatoes. Oh, my God. that sounds So amazing. we're always making an extra one to do a twice baked. That is sounds delicious. I'm too lazy to do that right now, I think, because I again, I haven't eaten anything yet. And that sounds really nice for me to just go and like make a loaded big potato right now with butter, but see, sour cream, cheese. If I'm hungry, I can't wait like an hour for that thing to cook. I have one. I have one in the fridge though that's already been right. Cooked. Right, you I, said. I, you said. Yeah, I just need to pop that baby in the microwave for like a minute, maybe a minute and a half, and then I'm good to go. I'm on my All way right. out back in my brain. Well, let's not let's not hold you back any longer. Let's get you to that baked potato. Uh, I will also we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in, Chatterboxes. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye.